0: This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 45, Just Get Started. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for downloading and tuning in this week, as always. So glad to have you as a listener. And thank you for continuing to spread the word about shifting our schools. So thrilled to read your tweets and your posts on the show. Uh, Some great conversations starting up on Twitter around the hashtag SOS podcast. So uh, always great to hear from listeners there as well as in the questions uh, forum, the Flipgrid we have. Uh, on the show itself. I can't believe it's April already. uh, And to make things crazy, woke up this morning to find out the pass here of Seattle going over the mountains had 14 inches of snow yesterday. How crazy that we are still getting snow in April uh, here in the Northwest. It's been freezing cold. We actually had hail here down in Seattle yesterday Unbelievable. I thought it was supposed to be March comes in like a line, but April is making itself known for sure. I'm hoping it warms up soon. I really need to get out on my deck. I spent all last year rebuilding the deck here at the house, and uh, I just need some good weather to get out there. Otherwise, I'm stuck inside here, but that's okay. I get to report, record podcasts and and, and chat with you. Uh, we love hearing from you, our listeners, and if you have been following along, you know that last month in March, we were giving away a one-year free Flipgrid Classroom subscription to listen listeners who left comments on our Flipgrid, and you can do that over at sospodcast.org slash questions. I'm excited to announce that Tim from Napa School District in Napa, Idaho, was our winner last month, and here's Tim's comment. Hey, Jeff, just uh, finished up listening to your, I believe it's episode 42, highly structured, loosely organized. Couldn't agree more. We at our school use the hack model for innovation from the Northwest Nazarene University's Doceo Center and uh, the H in the hack model is highly structured so um, big fan there and then um, the, the, the a in the hack model is allowed choices which fits nicely with that loosely organized. So um, just to validate uh, what you're saying with the podcast here in Nampa, Idaho at East Valley middle School we, uh, we, we believe wholeheartedly in what you what you're what you're selling here. We also received another comment from Michael, who works in the Auburn School District. I personally have been working with the Auburn School District now for over three years, helping them with their Auburn Teacher Leadership Academy, ATLA, they call it. Uh, And he had a great wondering around the episode on badges and moving forward with badges in his school and the school districts around him.
1: Hey, Jeff, this is Michael Fitzgerald in the Auburn School District. Uh, Tech Tosa here for the elementary schools. Just got done listening to episode 43 about the badges and, and loved the ideas presented, especially those around you know creating meaning behind them. As one of our more successful PD programs, it's uh, definitely something we are constantly thinking about and adjusting. Um, one of the wonders I had was uh, you know we have a lot of teachers that transfer in and out of our district, and, um, and we have pretty good retention, but uh, you know it happens. And I'm wondering if we can somehow find a way to uh, utilize our Puget Sound Tech TOSA meetings or or other you know collaborative efforts to create some sort of system where a teacher can transfer to and from different districts and not lose all that credential, uh, not have to start over. Um, though it is good clock hours and, and easy clock hours for some, uh, you know, that's that's a wonder. And then the other thing was uh, we're trying to push out some computer science learning amongst our teachers and I'm wondering what the uh, impacts of a badge in, including a badge system in that a uh, categorization of schools like a bronze silver gold level of computer science education um, amongst our elementary schools might have as we as we try and train those teachers using a blended learning model so uh, thanks again for the episode and uh, just some ponderings here How great
0: if school districts could work together to create badges for teachers who move from one district to another. I love the idea of tech TOSAs or tech coaches working together across districts to bring something like this into action. I don't think it would take a lot. As Michael says, I think there's, you know, we don't get a lot of teachers that move back and forth, but how great if those teachers could move with this set of badges that shows what they've learned. How does that help a school district hire teachers? For example, let's say you're a school district that's one-to-one and you want to know the background that a teacher is bringing with them. How great would it be if they had badges that shows the trainings they've had on maybe different LMS systems? You know, are they good in Canvas or Google Classroom or Blackboard? Or maybe they've had, you know, trainings in um, pedagogical understanding, like connectivism theory and some of the things we talk about here on the podcast. I think that'd be so great if we could badge people up And allow them to show all the trainings that they go to. If you haven't listened to episode 43, it's all about the badges. I encourage you to do so. Uh, That's episode 43. It's a great interview with Doug Belshaw and some of the work he's been involved with in the badge community and where this is going. Really cool stuff. Still trying to figure out a way that we're going to be working badges into our stuff here at Edura Learning. We'd love to hear from you, comments or questions about the podcast as well. Just go to sospodcast.org slash questions, and you can click on the big green plus there on our Flipgrid. It's as easy as that. Always great to get questions and comments. We try to answer them here on the show. Just a reminder, we've launched our 30 days of free professional development at e Learning. You just go to sospodcast.org slash 30 days. That's three, zero days, all one word. Or you can just go to SOSpodcast.org and all the buttons are across the top. You sign up there and you'll receive an email from us, one email a day for 30 days on strategies for the one-to-one classroom, coaching strategies from Kim Cofino, or how to ways to connect your classroom beyond the walls of your school from Chrissy Hellier. You're not going to want to miss out on this free professional development. That's SOSpodcast.org slash 30 days. Also instructional coaches. If you are a Tectosa or a tech coach, or whatever they call you in your school district, uh, last this is the last week to sign up for Kim Kafina's coaching micro credential. You're not going to want to miss out on this opportunity to learn from someone who has been in a technology coaching role for over ten years. She's got great tips and tricks. If you haven't been following her blo- her uh, blog series. Over at edurolearning.com, I encourage you to go over to edurolearning.com slash blog. Uh, She's got a fantastic series there that's getting rave reviews in the coaching community as well. Uh, But her micro-credential is coming up. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, For more information, again, you can go to sospodcast.org slash coaching. This week, I'm excited to be joined by Chrissy Hellyer, one of our EDURO partners who you have heard here on the podcast before. And our guest this week, Photo Joseph, as he's known all around the internet, a YouTuber, photographer, and educator who works with schools and students in understanding the power of imagery and learning. And with that, on with the show. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm uh, joined by two great people. Uh, Joseph is here, I'll have Joseph introduce himself in just a second. Uh, We haven't seen Joseph in a while and Chrissy's here with me today, all the way from New Zealand slash because of technology is right here uh, via Zoom. Chrissy, so good to see you in person.
2: Lovely to be here on this very crisp Early New Zealand morning with you all, and it's awesome to talk to Joseph again after so many years.
0: Well, you'll like this. It actually snowed yesterday here in Seattle. It's April 1st. Again? Yeah, it, we hail, and there's 14 inches of snow in the mountains. Just nuts. Oh, I'll tell wow. you, this April weather is whatever. So, like Joseph. Christmas weather. Yeah, so good to see you, my friend. Uh, Why don't you give us a quick introduction, uh, who you are, what you do, and then we'll jump into a conversation here. Yeah,
3: absolutely. So my name is Joseph, otherwise known as Photo Joseph on the interwebs. That's uh, the name I go by everywhere. And I'm a photographer and filmmaker and educator. And I've been been doing a lot of different things related to all three of those topics for a long time. And I know we first met in, in the context of education, an ADE event. We're just discussing this before the show in 2010, maybe nine, something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: somewhere in there,
3: yeah. And uh, fortunately, we had the opportunity to work together a couple of times in uh, in various schools. And I am I spend my time doing photography, doing video production for clients, but also focusing very largely on education uh, through lynda.com is one of my big resources. If you're familiar with them, great, great place for education. And that's, that's a whole different type of education where it's very... Not scripted, but very clean, very produced style of uh, training videos. And then uh, on YouTube. So I have my own YouTube channel and doing a YouTube show, which is a lot more loose, and it's actually mostly a live show. And it's all anything that's photo-related. Basically, if it's got a lens on it, if it's somehow photography-related, it's a fair game topic. And we talk about photo technique. We talk about gear. Uh, we talk about uh, ideas, styles, and so on. It's just it's really all over the map, but it's all photo-video-related. And uh, I'm working like I said, work for clients, but also work in education as much as I can. It's just, it's a lot of fun. I love teaching. always have have a good time doing it. And uh, you know, it's, you get to spread the love around a little bit that
0: way. Yeah. I love it. And uh, as Joseph mentioned, when Chrissy, Kim and I were all teaching at the international school of Bangkok, he, uh, we brought, I think Chrissy, you were the one that was like, we've got to get Joseph to come talk to our teachers. Oh, we've is. got to help him. Mm-hmm. And you were uh, really instrumental in getting him out. And I, I still remember, I think I had a Nikon, uh, a D 80, I think at the time. And we went on a photo walk behind the school. Like I still remember that, like practicing all the new skills and stuff that Joseph was teaching us. So I think on this episode, um, one of the things we've talked about, and I'm so It's so great to have you here, Joseph, with all the things that you do professionally. Um, you know, one of the things we talk about with kids is that this generation is growing up in media first. You know, they've been exposed from a very young age to a lot of media. Um, Some of the research that's coming out around the way their brains are developing being media first generation, Um, also with all of the other statistics coming out that we are, all these ideas of different learning styles are being debunked where we all are visual learners first and foremost before we're any other type of learner, I think is is helping us understand the importance of video and imagery in education. and so I, I'd like to start the conversation there with what are some of the things, you know, I, I let's start the conversation with your YouTube channel. One of the things I am talking about with schools now is like, there are th- there are three things I think every kid should graduate high school with. And one of those is how to make a great YouTube. The other one's to know that LinkedIn exists and have a LinkedIn profile, but a good YouTube video is, is, is one. Talk to me a little bit about your YouTube channel. How do you get started? What are some tips and tricks? Do you agree with that or or? How did you get started on YouTube and how do you see it as, as something moving forward? Sure.
3: sure. That, that's a lot of questions in one there, but um, <laughs> I think, oh, okay, well, back into how I started with it. It's it's honestly, it's just one of those things where you have to decide you're going to do this and just do it. And yeah. screw around going, oh, you know, if only I had this. I had, once I get that camera, once I get, I just need one more light. You know, I need a better microphone and then I can start my YouTube. That is the number one thing I'll tell anybody who wants to do YouTube. It's not like I'm huge by any stretch of the imagination, it's not like I've been doing this forever and ever, but when you decide you're going to start, just start. Yeah. You, no matter how well prepared you think you are, no matter how much good gear you have and no matter how much advanced tech is sitting behind you, your first show is going to suck. <laughs> and you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that. You look at some of the biggest YouTubers today, and you look at their earliest videos, and compared to what they're producing today, they're awful. Yeah. But they're out there. They did yeah. it. They got started. And you know what? In the early days, no one's going to see it anyway, so who cares? So, yeah, you know, and if it's really bad, you can always delete it. But but why? Why bother? Just let it up, let it be there, let people see how far you've come. And that's part of the beauty of, of YouTube or whatever platform you might be using, whether it's Twitch or Facebook Live or anything else. Sure. It's very raw. And this is you get to see me without a whole production crew. There's no lighting crew. There's no sound crew. There's nobody doing makeup. If I want any of that stuff done, I gotta do it myself. And sure, if you're a bigger, you know, bigger YouTuber making a lot of money, you can bring in people to start producing a bigger show. And I try to produce my show to look and sound as high quality and as professional as possible. And I actually do have an assistant that helps out with some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. But a, I didn't start there, and b, it's nowhere near what something we see on the nightly news or, or a live talk show or anything like that. It's, it's nowhere near that. It's a, a fraction of a percent of a fraction of a percent of the budget. Yeah, and that's okay. Some of the biggest YouTubers, all the biggest YouTubers, started in their bedroom. It's just yeah. you know a kid and a mic, and off they went. It doesn't take much.
0: And how credible and it it truly is incredible on how little it takes. You know, I mean, especially with smartphones today, like you can you can be YouTube live from from your like you said from your bedroom, you know, uh, on on your smartphone as a way of getting started. You know, to just start creating those first videos. I like yeah, that.
3: The ent- barrier to entry these days is virtually zero because yeah. essentially everybody has, has a smartphone. Right, that's, you know, If you're thinking about YouTube, you probably have a smartphone because you're watching it on there. If you have a smartphone, even this the cheapest smartphone, it's got a camera and a microphone, which they all do, you have the ability to put it in, your And no, it's not going to be the greatest picture or the greatest sound, but it'll get you there. And you can start to add on from there. You know, it should sound a little better. Add a little microphone. Uh, it should look a little better. Let's get some lighting in here. And you can really start to improve it very quickly. But it takes nothing more than what's in your pocket to start.
0: Yeah, I love that.
3: Yeah, this, the cool thing is that it, because the tech is no longer the barrier to entry, and it hasn't been for a while, uh, the only barrier is what's in your head. If you are going to stop yourself from doing it, then there's nothing anything it, there's nothing anybody can say that's going to get you. you just, you got to just want it. you got to want it and just decide to do it. Now, once you start doing it, you have to have something good to say. You have to you have to have an online presence, a, a good on-camera persona, and you have to sound good, and, and people want to hear intelligent things coming out of your mouth. But as long as you can get a good message out and as long as you can deliver something that people want to see,
0: it'll work. it'll work. And to me, that's one of the reasons why I like the idea of teaching every kid how to make a YouTube video. There is so much that goes into the production of a YouTube video. Yes. The first video you do, you just grab your phone or you grab a, a camera and you just start to, you know, you start to film. But if you want to create something of value, you know, the idea of writing out a script, the idea of now thinking about lighting or thinking about audio quality, you know, all of those things come into play. And I would say the majority of the things that we do in order to make a video or even like this to make a podcast fit somewhere in the curriculum. You know, there is somewhere we are teaching this stuff. And why can't we teach this through a medium that that students, I think, A, understand and B, and engage with?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to not only get your own message out, if you have something you want to say to get it out there, say but if people to, to hear. But if you if you would want to teach a concept or even just to understand a concept, we all know, as educators, we know that one of the best ways to learn something is to teach it. Yeah. If you know that you have to teach how to do X, whatever that might be, whether you're talking about using a computer program or how to uh, make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the way that you can teach it is to do it. Once you do it, you think you know, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. All I need is this, that, and the other thing. And then you start to do it to teach it. You go, "Oh wait, I forgot that I also need this. I also yeah. have to do that. Um, oh, I didn't even consider that when I do this, that happens." And all those things happen when you start to teach it that you think you already know. So it's a great learning tool, even if nobody ever sees the video. But if you make a video to teach a concept that you yourself are trying to learn, it's a great way to get your skills up. Really, really,
0: but yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. idea, Chris, you Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you have kind of taken over editor learning, you've kind of taken on our idea of the connected classroom. And how does how do you see video kind of playing into that as well? You know, some of the stuff Joseph's talking about on uh, YouTube, or it doesn't matter, you know, Twitch doesn't matter, pick a platform, uh, we're just going to use YouTube, because that's the big one. Um, but what do you see as far as that as far as like breaking down the, the walls of the school? How have you seen that happen?
2: As I was listening to Joseph talking, I think the thing that kept going over and over in my mind was the communication piece, that ability to be able to get a message across. And all I could think of was like that seems to be the most important thing to be teaching our kids is how to communicate clearly and how awesome it would be if we allowed them to communicate those messages via video. And he's right, it's it's not the tech that's standing in your way. And I think so many times we get caught up in that whole, I don't have enough technology yeah. or I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to do that. And as Joseph said, it's, it's actually kind of easy. The technology is already in your pocket. You've just got to give it a go. And I think as teachers, we need to be okay with that first effort being there and move forward from that. So I, I think that allowing kids to spread a message and not just any message, but probably a message that they are really caring about or really passionate about would be a really awesome place to start. And of course, once you start putting, something out there then you start getting connected because you ask for feedback and then you make whatever it is that you created a little bit better and then you try something again the next time and you not only do it better but you add a little bit more so the possibilities of just even using images or video in a classroom to connect with others around the world is just it just blows my mind it it makes me want to be right back in the classroom i (laughs) want to go i want to go but i've got so much work here to that i still need to do so um it i just find it really inspiring
0: yeah and i think you know like just was saying the the entry point I, i remember you know making a podcast like this when we started shifting our schools in 2008 was a freaking nightmare I mean it took you you were downloading and uploading and loading and it 's just like trying to figure out how to it took five times more equipment than I have now you know to do this exact same thing and it's now it's just it 's easy you know we 're in a zoom it 's auto recording, I throw that into garageband, I put a little music around it and it 's a podcast you know it's it 's so so easy the barrier i think is is so low um, that we 've got to find ways to bring this into education and, and get kids to i a, because it engaged kids, but B, because it is such a powerful way to communicate. And it is the way we communicate. You know, it is the way we communicate today.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. so if you look, go to any web page, whether you're talking news or entertainment or whatever, it's videos are king right now. That's what's on yeah. That's what's, what people want to see. That's what people want to click on. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an incredibly powerful way to communicate, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about images a little bit, because I think that's also a, another thing. You know, we... we um, Video is by far, by far the king, you know. Um, but I think there's so much power in images as well, and especially thinking about, and and Joseph, maybe you have some tips and tricks on this as well. But for the majority of kids I talk to, middle school, high school kids, at least, uh, the majority of them are in Instagram, and Instagram is truly photo, right? It's all about the photos. Can you talk a little bit as, have you been doing work with schools or work with kids around this idea of media and and photos or even some work in like Instagram or, or how are we helping kids to, to understand that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I think when it comes to stuff like that, when you're talking about the difference between photo and video, both are very powerful storytelling tools. And in one regard, video is a lot easier. It's easier to tell a story in video because you have time to tell the story. I have multiple seconds or even minutes. I have music, I have dialogue. I have all these other factors that can go into telling the story. I can literally say, I want to tell you about X, and now you know what I'm telling you about, and then I can tell you about X. And so you have that ability in video, which in still photography you don't. In still photography you have a single frame, maybe a series of frames, but at minimum a single frame in which you have to somehow communicate your entire story through that one image. Maybe mm. you get a caption, but people probably aren't going to read the caption. Right? How many times I, I posted a thing, you post a picture, and in the caption you'll say something about the photo, and people ask you in the comments the same question that you just answered. You're like, did you not read it? Well, the answer is no, they didn't. Read it. Yeah.
0: In this
3: video, they would have watched it, and then they would know.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right.
3: So if you can communicate that message, that story, that whatever it is you're trying to communicate through a single still image. In that regards, it's that's a lot harder to do. So it's a lot more difficult to get your story out there from a single still image. On the other hand, technically, it's a lot harder to do video to get good quality video, good quality sound, edit it together, mix in the music, make it look good, sound good. That's and get the timing right, the pacing right. That's really hard to do. So it's mm-hmm. different challenges, uh, both some technical, some storytelling level, <laughs> whatever it be. Yeah, uh, it's it's each one has their own challenge, and it doesn't make one better than the other. I think when you see when you see a single image that is so successful at telling that story, that image will last the test of time. Right? It will last forever. There are photos that we can look back on that we know from human history that are just that image that's in your head. You know it. You'll never forget that image. How many videos can you say that about? How many video clips will mm. always remember? Uh, you know, man's walking on the moon. That's a pretty powerful video. There's not too many like that though. It's yeah, more on the still side. So advantages, disadvantages, both sides for sure.
0: I like that. Do you do work with kids in schools? What's that? What kind of work do you do with kids around, say, say photos or videos or?
3: Sure. So it depends on what the schools want, right? It's as as you know, when I'm working with schools, like I did with you guys, um, it really depends on what the school is trying to achieve. But the biggest the biggest thing that I would, would have always done is teaching about how to tell a story through stills or video, mm. and. A lot of that comes down to, sure, some of it's tech. Some of it is sure. just understanding the tech and these are the tools that you've got. But once you get past the tech, it's how do you communicate this story? And you might recall, I think that in, in, um, in Bangkok, we did some stuff, we did really, really basics of let's communicate a, a very simple message about shape or color. Um, even with really little kids, tell the story of this or go out and find representations of this. You want to talk about circles. Okay, well, how many circles can you find? Go out and take pictures of circles. And once you start looking for these things, you start to realize that well, there's circles everywhere. So if I want to talk about circles, I can go to the playground, I can go to the cafeteria, I can go all over the place and I can find circles to help illustrate my story. And that's obviously on the most basic, basic level. But once you kind of open that channel of viewing and channel of communication, then people start to look for ways to tell their story everywhere. And that can become uh, that becomes a really big part of getting that message out there, and just understanding how To find different ways to tell that story, no one wants to see you once, wants, wants to watch you sit against a white wall and talk about whatever the topic is for 20 minutes. That, that gets boring, yeah. There's other visuals that can integrate and start to bring things in and bring other characters in. And by characters, I don't necessarily mean other people, but other elements, other mm. objects, other uh, sounds, all these other people, all, all these other uh, parts of the video of the story. Then you can really expand on it. Mm.
1: I like that.
2: And I have to jump in there and say, like, after Joseph had been. In Bangkok, I actually did that with kindergartners. We went around the playground and looked for shapes. We divided the class into areas of, of shapes. So some students were responsible for squares and some were responsible for rectangles and some were responsible for circles and the other one were responsible for triangles. And we went around and kids as young as five with a camera were able to capture the most amazing photographs of circles, squares, triangles. It was unreal, but the the real eye-opener thing was, then they started seeing other shapes and wanting to capture images that had other shapes that we hadn't discussed anything about. So it really did open up not only their eyes, but when they were able to put those together and we just used photo peach at the time to, to put the the photos the iPad, together. Right?
0: On oh, yeah. iPads, yeah.
2: On iPads, um, we, we use Photo Peach to put it all together so that very simply they were able to make a finished product. And all the work went into how do we take a good photograph? You know, like, because little kids, they like to shake and move okay. as they press the uh, the shutter button. Um, and even like taking the images on the iPad. So the cameras were in the iPad, so they, they didn't have actual proper cameras and um just teaching them little things like elbows in and and feet shoulder width apart and you know all those things joseph that you you taught us it was um just amazing to put it all together and know that it is possible to do it with kids as young as five Mm. and then i redid it again with grade threes and i did it again with grade fives and they were amazing but we had to do a little bit of groundwork first Mm. and that was like we we did the the learning about the shapes and their characteristics and things like that so that we knew what we were looking for when we went out into the world but also we did a little bit of work on how do you take a good picture and we did the perspectives lesson and then we did the actual you know like how to hold the camera still and take that shot so it just blew me away with something so simple as taking a photograph of a shape in the real world. And you're right, Joseph, once you start looking, you actually begin to see. Mm. And it, it was great. Hey,
3: and you start to see them in unexpected places. Yeah. You Having your head, uh, okay, I know that if I go into this location, I'm going to see a circle here, there, and there. And then you go out and you go, circles everywhere. This <laughs> yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah.
2: And the kids even had a great time coming back with their iPads. And I did do it with cameras in third grade and fifth grade. But even just coming back and showing the class what they captured, even that in itself was inspiring and motivating to others because they would come back. I'd send them out in groups. And so they would go out and take their photos and then come back and show them to the rest of the class. And then it was almost like a competition because the next group of students would go out and they'd want to do and take even better photographs than than the previous group so it, it was there was so much more learning that went on because we did take the time to do this kind of finished project and at the end of the day they were really able to understand that shapes make our world mm. I like
0: that. And I just, I keep thinking, you know, in so many schools, we're we're trying to like, you, you mentioned Instagram around teachers and most teachers are like, oh my gosh, it's social media. Rah, rah, rah. And here, you know, I'm just thinking, <laughs> but there's a whole nother side to it, right? There's this idea of that all this learning that we can do. And are we helping kids to, to send that message through, through Instagram? Cause you know, Instagram being photo, being photo heavy, being photo first, I think there is power there for kids to send a message or tell a story or talk about their learning in a visual way that I think personally probably engages this generation more than it would asking them to write that story down on paper.
3: Communicating through words is really hard. Finding a way to express your emotions. You got a kid who's maybe going through something and and they're trying to express their feelings and they may not even have the vocabulary for it. That can be a real big challenge, but if they can somehow express that through images, if they find an image that this image this image looks the way I feel, mm. that, that's a great starting point. Okay, well, we can talk about that. We can expand on that, but it's hard for someone young, this heck, it's hard for adults to express how they really feel about things uh, through words. Words are hard.
0: I like that. I like that as even a starting point, you know, getting kids to think through thinking images and getting, and how
2: images. to give a voice to students who normally wouldn't have one in the yeah. classroom.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Getting up, writing something that, you know, might yeah. be or yeah. actually having to talk in front of the class, that can be so hard to do, but even the shyest meekest kid can push the picture across the table and say, well, this is how I feel.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Uh, are you still doing work with a lot of schools?
3: It's, it comes in waves. It's funny. Yep. I haven't in a while. I've been talking to someone in Guatemala, so hopefully going to be going there next year. Um, last time I did, when I think it was in uh, in Jeju, South Korea, Jeju Island, South Korea, Oh yeah. that was kind of capped off the end of a, of a round of them. Um, I've been in Hong Kong and China
1: at Thailand, of course.
3: Uh, yeah, been around for a while there and then
1: I kind of I wasn't
3: really looking for it for a while because we had the new kid, I've got a 3-year-old at home as you know. And so yeah. for a while there it was kind of, you know, let's try to scale back a bit on the traveling. But um but now it's now it's time to start pushing forward on it. Again. So I've started reaching out again to, to all the old contacts to see what we can see what we can pull together.
0: Very
2: cool. Yeah. Well, I would highly recommend any school looking at any kind of visual literacy stuff to get Joseph in because He is amazing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just, you know, it's it's nice when you have somebody who understands both the technology behind it, who is also a photographer themselves, you know, a videographer yourself to come in and talk and talk to kids. um, And it, it just... And also, you know, sometimes you just need somebody with a suitcase to come in and, you know, say the exact same, we have all know this, you know, you, somebody else comes <laughs> in and says the exact same thing you've been saying. And all of a sudden the kids listen and you're just like, what? I've been saying that for the entire school year.
3: Well, as a parent, it's the same thing. You can tell your own kid the same thing 500 yeah. times. They do not listen. Someone else is like, oh, that's a really good idea. And you're thinking, eh, I, I, I. <laughs>
0: So if people wanted to get in contact with you, Joseph, what's the best way to, to get in contact with you?
3: Yeah, sure. If you really want to reach out directly, my email is easy. It's just joseph at photojoseph.com or you can find me on the socials, photojoseph everywhere. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere it's photojoseph uh, and the YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash photojoseph.
0: Awesome. And what, what's mostly on your YouTube channel? Is it mostly?
3: So the, the big thing on the YouTube channel is a live show. I go okay, live cool. every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9.30 a.m. Pacific. I go wow. live. Talk about, I know it's, it's kind of insane, but it's a lot yeah. of fun. To some <laughs> topic photography related. So, for example, I was actually just on vacation for the last few weeks, and today was the first live show back again. So today's was a, an AMA and asked me anything, and I had a bunch of questions that had come in over the last couple of weeks, and I tried to address those, and people were watching the show live. Um, but coming up this week, I'll talk about a lens adapter that is uh, that a company's asked me to talk about. and been Using that for a while, so I'll talk about that. Uh, the tech you know, Gear-wise, I'm going to be talking about a gimbal pretty soon that I've been using. Uh, I might talk about software. I might talk about techniques, lighting techniques. And when we do that, this studio that you can see behind me here is all used so that I can do a live show out there running multiple cameras into the the live switching system. And I can plug a camera into it so that the audience sees what I see through the camera, including all of the metadata on screen. So you'll see the exposure settings. You see as the camera goes in and out of focus. You'll see... Everything that you would see looking through a camera, the audience would see that. And so then I can teach that way. So here's what happens as we change the settings. So I adjust aperture or adjust the shutter speed and see how it, how it affects the image. And uh, we can do all of that live, which is huh. a lot of
0: fun. And that's how you did your first show too, right? Your first show was done with all that equipment. <laughs> right, exactly. The first show was done with
3: every last minute I said, I'm not starting this show until I have this entire studio built. Uh, no, my first show was actually done on an iPhone.
0: Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy?
3: I think I had a microphone. Like, I'm pretty sure I yeah. had a microphone for that first one. Um, but I was actually on the road. And that was literally, like I said in the beginning, you just got to decide to start. Yeah. The whole thing started. Not, I won't go down too far down the rabbit hole of the story. But the whole thing started because Facebook Live came out. Yeah. So it wasn't even YouTube. YouTube Live had already been around for a while, but it wasn't really that, well, that much in use. But Facebook Live came out. And I've seen particularly with a couple of photographers I know, I've seen people jump on certain bandwagons and they just jump on it right in the beginning and they just ride that thing into the sun. Man, I missed that opportunity. So when Facebook Live came out, I said, I'm doing it. I'm jumping on next week, Monday, whatever, 9 a.m. or 9.30, whatever time I decided then, I'm doing it. I don't care where I am. I don't care where I'm going to do it. And I did. And, you know, it was a crappy show. And maybe (laughs) But I just kept building from there and it built up to what you see here. Those
0: oh, places. crazy. It's kind That's of great.
3: Studio setup in here. But, um, but just because I, I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to, because I wanted to. I want, I want to add another camera. So I, got, I got an overhead camera, I got a close up camera, I've got a rolling camera. If want to... <laughs> I can plug in the camera that I'm shooting through. I can bring in my, my laptop, my iPad. All of this stuff can all be routed into the, into the sh- live show. And mm-hmm. it's. It's nuts, but it's
0: fun. <laughs> and I think the other thing, the other takeaway, just as you were talking, I was like, you know, we all have a story to tell. We all have something to share and yours is geeking out around equipment and photos and, you know, the equipment stuff. And that that's fantastic. You've got, you, that's your passion and you love to share that. And everybody has something to share. Sure. You know, that's that's what to me makes the internet so incredible is it's such an easy platform for everybody to share whatever they're passionate about. Yeah. Uh, and there's people out there that are passionate about the same stuff as you are. I mean, it's just uh that are waiting to hear your voice you know how do we get kids how do we get kids tapped into that that's my big thing So, cool well thank you for joining us this is a, it's been great talking with you we'll make sure that all of the links and everything if you want to get in contact with uh, Joseph will be in the show notes as well um, so uh, appreciate you coming in and maybe we'll have you on in the future as well as we continue down this road the idea of creating in the classroom and using photos and videos with this generation so appreciate it thanks guys thank
2: you. but I missed the hat Where's oh, the, yeah, hit? the hat? the hat. I am George, you're
1: supposed to wear a hat
0: when you're in <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting awesome. Our Schools with your host, Jeff Utick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit SOSpodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Utick, and on Twitter at J If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.